to West Coast Mix and Bounce. I'm your co-host, Brown and Marks, and I'm joined by our other mother co-host, Leslie Torres. If you love this podcast and love LA sports, then you need to go check out sportsaldente.com right now. We are a Los Angeles player-centric media platform, and our passion is to feature the great players and teams of LA. We are also fully dedicated to giving expert weekly, daily advice in the world of fantasy football. We offer three different affordable membership packages, monthly, yearly, and lifetime. When you go to subscribe, make sure you use the promo code WCMB. That's WCMB, and you'll get 10% off any package. So make sure to connect with us once you subscribe. So let's jump into it we've been gone for a little bit a lot of stuff has happened in the la sports world especially regarding our la teams um first things first the warriors lost the nba finals (laughs) (laughs) toronto won um i'm sorry i'm actually not really sorry if that seems you know a little with a little salt on the side. um, (laughs) uh, I do think though, in reality, they had a lot of stuff going against them, but definitely no less props um, to Toronto because I think they, they played a tough game either way. So what were your thoughts about uh, the NBA finals? Well, technically I was mad because you were correct. (laughs) The Raptors didn't win in six games, but I agree with you. Um, we nobody kind of really saw what would happen to the Warriors coming and all the injuries that took place. You know, KD coming back and then just getting re-injured and so quickly and so bad. And then Thompson getting injured as well. And you know, so I think I I agree with you. Everything happened for the Raptors' way, and you know they did what they should have done. They took advantage of the situation and they won, which is great for them. But you know, it's always like what could have been or what could have happened if Kevin Durant didn't get injured or Thompson or both or, you know, or or stuff like that. So, I mean, I do give the Raptors props because it's still a good win regardless. Curry was still in the game. Green was still in the game. Iguodala was still mm-hmm. in the game. And they managed to kind of subdue them and still win. So, Raptors deserve it yeah. totally. Yeah, because it was it stayed close no matter how many of the Warriors went down. You know, the Warriors never really um, faltered to a point where it was like, okay, you guys look, you know, terrible. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they still look like an amazing team. You know, missing basically like twenty five percent of their starting lineup, they still look like a good team. Um, and it's it's emotionally draining too when players go down with such hard injuries. You know, it's Definitely. not like they, you know, sprained ankle or like you know uh, a tear in a hamstring. These are these are you know you're gonna miss a season, an entire season kind of injury thing. So I definitely give it up to them for keeping their head in it as much as I could. But that leads into um, peeking into the similarity or the relationship with Kawhi Leonard now, um, our LA teams are looking at Kawhi, especially the Clippers. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, be- before we get into that, though, I forgot about the NBA Awards. So the NBA Awards <laughs> happened last night. And um, I think, honestly, in my perspective, it was pretty fair. I think nothing was like a real big surprise, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I think all the players that got their awards definitely deserved it. I, I believe the only LA 
team member that got a award was Lou Williams, and he got the Sixth Man of the Year award for the second time in a row. And for the third time, tying the record in NBA history um, with Jamal Crawford, who was ironically also a flipper. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. No surprise there. Yeah, I think out of the 100 votes, he got 96 of them. So he yeah. totally deserved it. He, I think... He was such a great player for the Clippers off the bench. You can tell that he got the momentum going. And then um, another great fact, or not another great fact, but another great thing to add to the Clippers organization was that Montrezl Harrell was also part of that conversation, and he did get a few votes in as well. So, I mean, for the Clippers, they're six men of the year. They know how to pick them. (laughs) I know, right? I know, right? I was was so um, intrigued to see what Williams was really going to say about his teammate because they were the best duo off the bench for Mm -hmm. last season. They were the highest-scoring bench duo. So it's just kind of like, you know, he went up there and was like, I share this award with him because I think both of them, in a way, definitely deserve it. I just think, you know, Lou has his, um, his vet status that kind of outstands, uh, um, Harold, but I think both of them definitely did a great, great, great job in the past year. And they definitely made a difference. Apparently the Clippers are the fifth ever team in history to win 45 games without an all-star. So that just in itself does a lot of, you know, it's not just their starting lineup. It's their bench too. It follows, with with each and every player mm-hmm. so backtracking to what i said now the clippers are looking into uh free agency and the draft and and what they picked up from the draft yes so how do you feel about that well i feel like they got two centers correct so they drafted um you're gonna kill me for saying this name I- <laughs> Mufundo? 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 I, I don't want to murder his last name. <laughs> we will learn it. He will make us pay for this. Well, exactly. yeah. Mufundo from Florida State. So I feel like he's, you know, I'm surprised that he dropped that low. I had him like maybe in the top 20. You know, so he dropped a little bit out of the 20. So I was like, okay, you know, and the Clippers jumped on him. And I think, you know, he's a pretty big, big man, as we can already see by his height. And he's 6'10". Oh, my God. (laughs) Almost 7. Yeah, so he's pretty big. Um, I can see from what I've watched, I don't really watch a lot of college basketball from the highlights and the reels and what everybody had to say. He looks like he's a versatile player. And so... That's good for offense and defense, so he's going to be good at rebounding, good at blocking, and we'll see how he does on scoring. So I think the Clippers did pretty good there. They also drafted um, Terrence Mann, also from Florida State, so two players that played together. And um, also pretty good. He averaged for 11.4 points. 6.5 rebounds and 2.5 assists in his last season with Florida. So that's pretty promising as well. I mean, it's not like, you know, they draft, it's not like they drafted Zion Williamson. So it's like not a hit, but they could have done worse and they didn't. So I'm, I think that's okay. The thing I'm just wondering is that they have so many big men now. I wonder what the idea or what's going to happen, you know, or what Coach Rivers is looking at, or the you know front office like having because they have Zoo and then they have um, 
Danilo. So it's like, do you have four big guys? What's the game plan here? What's going to happen? So I, I just think yeah. it's going to be interesting to see what they come up with out of that. I think uh, I think them picking up some young big men was definitely intentional for them because I feel like, I mean, I think I better can see they have some really crazy ball handlers, you know, on the team, but they don't have that real, like, solid five position. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think definitely if Mufando, hopefully we're pronouncing that somewhat correct, <laughs> um, uh, can step up to the plate and really become their solid five because, you know, the they switched up their starting lineup, especially um, under the basket, quite a few times this season uh, between Bobin, right? Am I pronouncing uh-huh. him? Yeah, Bobin, Zubak, Gortat. So it's, it was just kind of like a shift who, you know, who fits best for what um, what defense or what offense they're playing against. So hopefully they can have somebody, like you said, that's versatile, that can stay in the game, that can stay consistent. And um, seeing their numbers, both uh, both guys from Florida State, I mean, pretty solid numbers. Yeah. You know? For college, I'm like, um, Mafundo apparently lead, led his team in scoring, and then man kind of followed up. They were kind of like, you know, a, a one-two punch on the team. I, I would say man standing at about 6'6", he's definitely going to – I would shift him between, like, maybe a forward and a shooting guard because apparently he's really, really good from three-point range, and so is oh. um, Mufundo. So it's like – they're, they are really versatile. That you know they can play under the basket, but they can also shoot from behind the arc and both over at least thirty percent. Uh, so I think that's definitely, definitely amazing. I think it, like you said, it was a, it was kind of a quiet pick, but I think it's going to look work out for them in the long run, especially if they're looking to make some bigger movements um, when free agency starts, which starts in a few days. And my heart is like beating out of my chest. So excited. <laughs> I was looking through the list today of like all the free agents on un- like unrestricted, restricted, whatever. And I was like, they're absurd, really key focus players. Like a lot of them mm-hmm. on this list this year. And I'm like, Ooh, it's going to be intense. <laughs> yeah. Just to go back to the Clippers, I feel like the draft picks that they got, if or the players that they got, if it can translate into the NBA, like you were saying, their numbers, if it can translate, then, I yeah. mean, the Clippers could have had, like, you know, a big steal in this draft. We will find out soon enough. And, right. yeah, I'm also very excited. There's so many top free agents you know, Kevin Durant, obviously, Thompson, Kimba Walker, Jimmy Butler, Kawhi, so many. And the the thing that kind of, not funny, but it's just like, you know, Katie and Thompson, they're both injured and they're both going to be not playing for at least most mm-hmm. of their the next upcoming season, whichever team they sign with. So I think it just adds excuse me just adds more interest into this free agency and oh my god how can i forget kyrie irving oh mm-hmm. so many yeah. players so many so many and it's just funny now that now that we're getting so close to this day um i just got an alert on my phone a few hours ago that now clay is thinking about meeting with the clippers besides the fact that two Kawhi leonard billboards have popped up in la which i'm like okay guys y'all are really excited huh? <laughs> two two responding not the one same day. 
And I'm just like, with Kawhi, it's just like so interesting to see this pull between Toronto and the Clippers because they're definitely the, like, I don't think he's really going to consider anybody else but those two, you know. Mm-hmm. And like a home team team, literally. And then a team that's like fully packed. They have a majority of their players coming back. Ibaka, Van Vliet, Siakam, um, Gasol is expected to return too, and Lowry. So it's just kind of like, you don't even have to really do anything. Like, all you have to do is just sign your name on the line and just keep doing what you did this last year. Mm -hmm. But then it's like, with the Clippers, he would probably get all of what Toronto is offering him. And he's very mind-driven, so it's not about the money with him. It's, you know, do I get time off? Do you guys have good medics? Do you guys have good trainers? Like, are you going to keep me healthy? You know, like, are we going to have a conversation, like a a player-to-team-to-staff conversation about how I function? Um, And the Clippers are obviously ready to offer all of that to them. That team has already kind of proved, like, all they need is one big name basically saying like hey quiet you know you did it at toronto if you come over here you could do it again and be next to family (laughs) yeah it's just kind of like like it's a real toss-up so i'm really interested to see how that turned i think that honestly especially you know being la centric i think that is one of the biggest things that i'm like ready to finally see what is it going to be like who is he going to choose yeah it's like it's so nerve-wracking because i feel as soon as somebody signs or somebody commits to a team then everything else kind of starts to fall in place so i'm wondering and i'm excited to see which one is first so obviously after like the whole Anthony Davis trade is like official and stuff and everything is like spilled I think after that we're gonna start to see everybody go into the teams and the rumors either become reality or stay as they were rumors but with Kawhi Los Angeles is really excited and like you mentioned there was the billboards that went up but I agree with you. I mean, that's not kind of how we've seen Kawhi be. He's not the kind of person that's attracted by that kind of stuff. And so uh, I agree with you. He's going to be asking all the real questions. And if not, the Clippers should be asking those questions. You know, this is what do you want from our from our staff, from our health point of view from everything point of view and I feel like if they ask those correct questions and they're able to give him the answer that he wants the Clippers are in solid place because they're they're able to pitch you know the city of LA a contending team and none of that front office um BS that that's happening with the Lakers you know so I feel like it's gonna be a really drama yes it's going to be a really tough choice for Kawhi. At the end of the day, if he stays with Toronto, he's guaranteed to win again or at least be in the playoffs. And if he goes with the Clippers, he's guaranteed another playoff run. So I feel like he can't exactly. really lose. He's just going to have to decide what's the better situation for him to be in. And yeah, yeah I mean, like health is so important and to have like correct medical squad on a team, I think is important given what happened with the Spurs. And so I see, I think that's something that Kawhi is going to have to take into consideration. I mean, I don't think Toronto did a bad job because if not, we would have heard about it already or there would have been tension. And oh, for sure. I just think it's going to be a tough, tough pitch. And nobody just, got hurt. They had a healthy team like, yes. all year. Oh, that's a very good point. That is a very good yeah. point. 
Yeah. But if you look at the Clippers, I think I think they had maybe two guys out a few games for something. Yeah, know, nothing minor. major. Uh-huh. I yeah. agree. So it's kind of like it's really 50-50. Like you said, it's really just – it's really just what he wants now. Yeah. He has best two options that are going to be sitting up in front of him because uh, obviously the Lakers are trying to talk to him too, but <laughs> I just think that's really far-fetched. <laughs> I don't think the Lakers have the the branding that he wants particularly. Like the Lakers just have too much spotlight on them. They mm-hmm. always have – well, they don't always, but just recently they've, they've had a lot of drama connected with the team. And I, looking at Kawhi and how – interesting of a person he is i just don't think (laughs) that is that is the environment that he wants to be in especially right now yeah i agree with you the lakers team the lakers spotlight many or not many few (laughs) few Mm -hmm. players can kind of not handle it but few players can handle it and a few players can thrive in that kind of environment. And it's, you know, I've been in the Lakers locker room. I've been in the Clippers locker room. It's totally different vibes, completely different, so different. So if a team is going to be choosing between the Lakers vibe and the Clippers vibe and they want, you know, like we said, we know how Kawhi is and what kind of a humble person he is. I don't really think the Lakers are the spot for him. I don't see it happening. That doesn't mean that the Lakers shouldn't try and pitch him. You know, he's a great star. You know, you never know. You never know. But I just feel like it's not going to happen either. I would be surprised and I would ask myself why he would go to the Lakers. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I understand you have LeBron and Anthony Davis playing together, and that's like, you know, that's like a kind of a dream matchup, but it's not like he saw how they function already. Like, he's just going to dive in there head first, Mm -hmm. you know, and just risk it all. I don't think Kawhi is like a very risk it all kind of person. Like, he went to Toronto – Yes, in like a weird trade situation, but Toronto already had a basis. You know, they already had like a, a solid foundation for a team. And the Lakers scrapped their entire team. <laughs> Literally, they don't have anybody on the team except for except for LeBron, AD, and Kuzma, which Kuzma, I'm so surprised that that man <laughs> is still in LA because they really scrapped all of the young core around him. So I think it was definitely a great decision to keep him, but I'm still surprised that they did because they were really like, take the whole team. We just want AD and we'll figure it out later. Yeah. And so I think that that causes an even more unstable view, like in the public eye, like obviously more risk taking, I guess players are going to want to play with, with, Anthony Davis and LeBron for sure, but I just don't think Kawhi's on that list. Uh, you know, they're looking more of like Jimmy Butler, or they're looking to reunite with D'Angelo Russell, which I think would be hilarious, no. but would still be a great thing for it to happen because they really did that man so wrong. I hate <laughs> so everything about if, it. <laughs> if they get him back, that would be great. But you know, they're looking more like that, like. There's Austin Rivers, there's J.D. Redick, there's Rodney Hood. I mean, the list goes on of players that you could possibly get um, that are not on such a level as Kawhi is, but still beneficial to, you know, the core of the team. Uh, Yeah, I agree. I mean, the Lakers really don't need another max contract type of player. 
they no. really don't need it. You know, they what they do need is they need to kind of get, like you said, there's only three players officially in the Lakers right now. They need to get a good squad behind those three that's going to help them win. You know, yeah. um, I just, I don't know. I... <laughs> I don't know how to it's like I have so many so many emotions towards this and I just I can't even wrap my head around it but I I can see I can see the positive and I can see the negative I mean for those of us like outside of what's happening within the Lakers it looks like a disaster you know like there's only three players what are they doing but then we don't really know what's happening behind closed doors and I don't know if you noticed, but I've noticed like stuff has been leaking out, like information has been leaking less, like more of the negative stuff, you know? So I don't know what's happening. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. I mean, there was a whole situation with Rob Pelinka that they didn't like, they said that he didn't know about like, you know, the trade, um, not the trade free agency deadline and sign the difference between signing on July 2nd versus July 30th and all this stuff. And I just, (laughs) yeah. So it was like a big, everything that's going on with the Lakers seems like it's such a big, big deal. And I just think the Lakers need to focus on like having a solid supportive cast for LeBron and AD. Like, that's where the focus should be, not signing more max contracts and stuff like yeah. that. But they need to that get a strong hard. bench going on. Yes. It, it's hard because now they have a 32 mil cap space, which may rotate down to 27, depending on weird specifics within Anthony Davis's contract. That's not official yet anyways. So it's kind of like they have so much... I don't know, like so much space that's just like empty space that they're not to fill up, you Mm -hmm. know, I feel like in the in crunch time. So that's what makes me super nervous about them just scrapping everybody at last minute and only having 32 mil in cash space. That's not a lot. It's not a lot when you only have three players, definite players, you know, Uh, you got rid of everybody. And then you have like a few players that are also free agents that you, you cannot, you know, say that you're going to secure or not. So really like we've been saying it's three people you have It's three people. So how, how are you going to work with everybody else besides money? You know, now you only have like a little bit of money to work with and you still want to get some legit players. You don't want to get like, you know, a bunch of nobodies. Yeah. Um, and it's just kind of like, it's, it's, it's crunch time for them. <laughs> they, they, they have no choice, but to get it right this time because they are really starting from scratch. <laughs> yeah. Like in theory, it should be easy for players like LeBron James and Anthony Davis to recruit, like, you know, other players to come play with them. But, like, you know, Mm -hmm. in theory, when everything else is happening, it's not as easy as it seems or makes it look out to be. So I just think it's going to be a tough one for the Lakers. They somehow, like, managed to pull through. I mean, the only positive thing I can see so far is that they managed to get the AD trade happened or going until it's, like, official. And they gave up less than the first offer that we heard back in February. So, I mean, that's one positive. Literally, the whole team. (laughs) They kept Mm -hmm. one more player. (laughs) Yeah, Kuzma. Kuzma, my guy. He's hanging by a string, too. (laughs) Mm -mm -mm. 
He's hanging by a string, too. I really hope he stays, but, you know, you never know with the Lakers. They've been getting a little crazy lately. Yeah. (laughs) With the uh, switching up of everybody. But I think the way this season ended off with injuries and, you know, a whole other team from a different country winning the NBA Finals and, you know, the AD trade, I'm just so interested to see what this free agency is going to solidify within the league because I just feel like it's going to be a whole nother league again. I feel like maybe like two years ago, um, I think, when did LeBron leave? LeBron left last year or the year before in Cleveland? Um, Well, last year, well, last season was his um, first season with the Lakers. So last, last year. Yeah. Yeah, so I feel like that time period was when the league really shifted, mm-hmm. like like in a definite like hard way. Not just LeBron, but other players going to other um, to other teams. And I feel like this year is going to be another big shift in like yes. power. Yes. You know, um, because Toronto was ne- like that's their first NBA Finals championship in history Ever. and they've always kind of been trickling at the bottom seed in the east in the east so it's kind of like weird to see them jump all the way to the top and you have the bucks too jumping and you have teams like the nets jumping in the yeah. east now granted the the west has been primarily the same for a few years you know the warriors have been pretty dominant but even to see a team like the clippers like bring the contending championships to a game six you know that's a big shift these are some really big shifts mm-hmm. in the league and i think next year is is gonna maybe even topple things <laughs> like whoa like maybe the warriors are not gonna be in the finals at all next year you know you, you never know yeah exactly it's because because of all the free agents that are up i mean it just takes yeah. one free agent to go to another bad or not bad but like lower conference type of team to switch everything around if kd goes to the knicks they're officially like they should in theory again they should officially be Mm. have a winning season and it's been a really long time since they've had a winning season you know and then if you add kd and Kyrie, then that's a whole different situation or if Kyrie goes to the nets but it's like once we get the few pieces pieces of players um, going to a specific team and having their commitment. I think after that, I agree with you. Everything's going to switch up and change, and we won't really be able to tell who is going to be a contender, who won't be until the season officially starts. Exactly. And even the Pelicans, they have a squad right now. All those young players, like maybe they won't. But they won't be in the playoffs this season, or maybe they won't get far. But give them a few more years, ooh. Yeah, I think they're definitely gonna look a lot like what the Seventy Sixers did. You mm-hmm. know, they picked up a lot of big lottery picks and young players, and they had a very young core for a while. And they switched it up a little bit, and then they, you know, they came close to getting into their conference finals. Exactly. So I think um, they're definitely gonna be. Uh, a huge contender too yeah it's gonna be so fun to watch i cannot wait (laughs) gotta get through a summer league first (laughs) now that's gonna be fun too yeah free agency and summer league and then we'll be right back into it so time flies like my phone's going off it's gonna like go on fire i have my i have my notifications ready my people on alert i'm like 
I'm ready. <laughs> yep. Every time my phone vibrates, I'm like, oh, nope. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, I think that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening. There are hundreds and thousands of podcasts out there that you could be listening to, but you choose to listen to West Coast Mix and Bound. So we thank you for that. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and tell your friends about us. We will be continuing our podcast throughout the off season. So make sure you stay and listen.